Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. We are now uh, about a month. October 26th is uh, the date we're expecting another interest rate hike. And it's expected that the Bank of Canada will continue to be aggressive with another full point hike, albeit uh, I guess we'll kind of get a tone or maybe some clarity on that today because the um, inflation numbers came in today and they're slightly lower than expected. Um, but on one hand, you, the Bank of Canada might turn around and say, okay, good, what we're doing is working, so therefore we're going to keep doing it, aggressively going after this inflation, uh, which, of course, if you're on a fixed rate, yeah, no big deal. You know, if you've got all your money paid off, no big deal. But it's a lot harder to deal with all the uncertainties and certainly the fallout of these rate hikes if you're on a variable rate uh, or you've been borrowing um, money. Because if you're in that category, you're being hammered right now with huge extra monthly mortgage costs going up by hundreds uh, of dollars. And for some, it's going to be, you know, mean cutting back on all discretionary spending or dipping into savings for a future rainy day. Uh, but if you borrowed and bought a house right at the height of the market, which a lot of people did, and you're on a strict budget, a lot of people are finding their backs against the wall, and some are either going to have to walk away or simply sell. Sean Stillman, principal broker over at Mortgage Outlet, joining us now. Good to have you, Sean. Good morning. So I suspect your phone, like every other mortgage specialist, is ringing off the hook because there are a lot of people, and I know a couple of people, who found themselves with their mortgage running out, just kind of timing out at this time, and they don't want to remortgage their house and set it at a higher price, and so they thought, like, go variable. But if you're on a variable rate, it is very, very tough with all the uncertainty. What are some of the things that you're seeing? Well, I think you hit the nail on the head. There's a lot of panic for people who have variable rate mortgages both fixed variable rate mortgages where their payment doesn't change and also people with open variable mortgages where their payments do change, that they're scared that number one, either they can't make their payments and they have to cut down on their discretionary spending or mm -hmm. that their amortization is being extended by the banks. And now that, you know, the mortgage is even going negative. So their payments aren't even covering their interest on their mortgage and their amortization has actually gone negative. And TD yeah. Bank sent out a bunch of letters to really anybody who got a mortgage in the last probably beginning part of this year, earlier this week after the last increase, basically saying you hit a trigger rate, meaning your payments no longer cover your interest and basically forcing people to look at their situation and increase their payments. Right. And so other than not panicking, which is easier said than done, because if you're in that cycle of getting pushed against the wall because you're over leveraged and you literally can't manage the payments anymore, like what do you do other than not panic? Is there a way that people can get ahead right now or do they just kind of have to gut it out? Unfortunately, people do have to look at their spending and look at their budgets to see where they could cut it's discretionary spending. Um, you know, food prices are up, gas prices are down, 
But this is a very tough time. And I'm finding that, you know, the Bank of Canada and the government are not really being honest with people. When they say they want to bring inflation under control, that is really code for we want to slow down people's spending. And we want to basically take income and take money out of the economy to lower inflation, which means people making choices on to spend less. And by them saying a soft landing, we're trying to avoid a recession. That's amazing. But they're really not saying that, hey, you know, you need to basically cut down on certain spending to mm-hmm. lower inflation. Because that's the only way inflation goes down is if demand goes down and people spend less. And that's kind of the sad facts of economics that, you yeah. know, do you look at your Netflix account and say, well, I don't really need Netflix now. Do I need Netflix and Disney Plus? Do I really need to go out for dinner three times a week, order from Uber Eats? And people are starting to make those choices and cut down. And we're seeing that basically in the job numbers that, you know, Canada's yeah. lost 100,000 jobs in the last few months. And the economy is slowing down, which is the government's intent, which it's really sad because there's a lot of people that are going to be hurt by this. Um, but there's no real way around it except people making individual choices to lower their spending. Yeah, it, it is a it's a vicious cycle once you find yourself in it. I mean, the unfortunate reality is uh, certainly in a city like Toronto where prices have been sky high and there was such a demand to get into the market. And then all of a sudden the market Everything changed overnight, and so there are going to be a lot of people who who fought tooth and nail to get into the market, only to find themselves probably. And I don't know if you're seeing these scenarios where they're now looking at possibly having to walk away from what took them so long to get a a piece of. Right, and people have. I've never really had a conversation yet of somebody really thinking they have to sell. It's like they're feeling pain, they're feeling stress, but it's like when you talk to them, it's like, well, can you rent out? A room in your house? Can you rent out your basement? Um, you know, can you pick up extra shifts at work? Can you cut down on certain expenses? Once you explain to individuals and to my clients that, you know, your payments have gone up roughly about $200 for a $500,000 mortgage after the last rate increase, well, how are you going to find that $200 to alleviate that stress? And usually, when people don't have a choice, they become very resourceful and they find a solution because the last thing people want to do is sell their house. Because as you said, people worked very hard to purchase that house. People are very mm-hmm. proud of finally being homeowners and they want to keep their house. And that's one amazing thing about Canadians. We're not Americans. We don't throw our keys on our table and walk away from housing our house. And if you look historically, you know, our arrears rate has always been drastically lower than the states you know point roughly 0.02 percent of people right now are defaulting on their mortgage which is basically the historical amount and you know compared to you know five percent back in you know the 80s and we're nowhere close to the highs and i don't think we're even going to get close to the highs and some of that has to do with the stress tests and the government built the stress test and got a lot of flack for it in the past but, but it's actually protecting people now because they qualified at a higher rate and the rates people qualified for is where rates are right now. So this is actually a government policy where it protected people from the rising rates by building that buffer in. So it's a government policy that's actually kind of worked very well in this case. 
Yeah, I mean, the banks are, are generally not your friend, um, but they're also not in the business of wanting to collect a whole bunch of homes. Like, they don't want that kind of uh, on their streets. So, um, Sean, is it that people then, if they're in the situation where they're really kind of with their back against a wall, can they negotiate? Is there a negotiating position with companies like yours or banks uh, to kind of get through the next little while? Yeah, and you've hit the nail on the head that banks do not want to take over your house. The last thing a bank wants to do is force you into a power of a sale, take the ownership of your house, because that means that they have lost. They want to work with you to make your payments work, to see, can you defer your payments? Now, the one good thing is unless you've bought a house in the last you know, six to eight months, you probably have a lot of equity in your house. So, you know, either myself, fellow mortgage brokers, or the bank you're at can see what equity you have in your house and maybe even lend you more money. And that really sounds counterintuitive to borrow more money. But by borrowing that more money, that allows you to take that money and help subsidize your payments. So I just had a client who was in a situation they couldn't make their payments. They were really tough. And we went and got them a home equity line of credit with their existing lender. And they're going to take, you know, $100 or $200 off $100 a month off that line of credit to help subsidize their payments. Now, realize it's just keeping them at a status level. You know, their mortgage is not going down because they're borrowing off the line of credit, but it does alleviate the stress. Buys you a little bit of time until we get some kind of uh, definition of where we're, we're headed. Sean, thanks very much. I'm sure you guys are really busy these days, so I appreciate some insight. Thank you. My pleasure. Sean Stillman calling us over at uh, Mortgage Outlet, uh, kind of painting a picture as to what you can do, which I know it's very hard, but don't panic.